in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Welcome back into another episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo, and this is Dallin. Guys, welcome on in to another episode of the Sports Hour. It's so good to be here, Mitch, on a Tuesday. Got the club going up on a Tuesday. (laughs) That's right. We cannot, you know, the it is Wednesday. My dudes is gone, but we are turning it up on Tuesdays now on the Sports Hour episode 175. And it is the episode, the one, the only cannot wait. It is the Megasode. The Megasode. And Michael, thanks for the comment. Thanks for turning in for your first Megasode. Yes. Love it. Welcome on in to, yes, episode 175, the Megasode. Yes, that's right. Our beast of a podcast where we are going to go team by team in the NFL and give you our record prediction for all 32 teams, as well as our playoff picks and our Super Bowl predictions. This is the one. Cannot wait to get into it. If you are joining us live on the YouTube or on Twitter uh, or X formerly known as Twitter, we appreciate you joining. If you're listening to the podcast in the future, uh, hello. Thanks for listening in. Uh, Strap yourself in. It's going to be a good one. First off, Mitch, we did notice if you're watching the lives, the background's different. It looks it looks different back there. And the caption says it first show in Reading. How is the move? How's the new digs? Yeah, How's the studio up here? Up, you know, a little farther north. Yeah, it's uh it's good. Everything's good. Um, as you can see behind me, lots of boxes still to unpack. Um, we did it in one weekend, so um there's Ooh, still a lot to unpack. Um, actually, we did it in one day. We moved everything on Saturday and cleaned out the old place on Sunday. So um, still lots to do, but very happy to be up here. Very excited to be up here. Um, great new, uh, great new step we're taking. And, Yum. uh, this is where, this is where one half of the sports hour will reside for now. There so, you go. Yes. In Redding, California. So we love to see it. So yeah, Mitch, Glad the move went well. Glad you're situated. Moving sucks. I hate it. It's, it's terrible. The worst. It's uh, awful. Yeah. The only good part of it is when it's over. So glad. You know what's worse is actually when you're cleaning out the apartment you're a vi- you're vacating. Yeah. That's the worst part. Mm-hmm. It's not even really the moving and the packing. It's the cleaning afterwards because there's always just that little nook and cranny you didn't even think about. That yep. you're like, oh, I do have to clean that. And there's yep. a million of them. So um, 
but no, the, the the process is over. We we're we're all you know we're not quite settled in. We still got all the packing to do, but it sure. feels settled in now. So yeah. everything's good. Everything's good. There you go. Love to see it. Love to see it. So uh, yeah, I, all we got today is NFL preview. All we have is NFL picks. There's there's no news. There's no other stuff here today. It's no nah. picks. So Mitch. Should we get this going? Should we jump into if this? If you're an NFL fan and you're not tuned in right now, I hope you're listening to the podcast because, damn it, this is the show for you because it is all NFL um, today. Um, a shelf almost landed on you while you were moving, Michael. That's a, that's a great movie. Oh, story, wow. But yeah, almost. See, yeah, moving sucks. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it tries to kill you. It's, it it's tries full to of kill bad you. things. It's full yes. of bad things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so all NFL today. So if you're an NFL fan, what the hell are you waiting for? If you have friends who are NFL fans, tell them to tune in right now because this is the show you don't want to miss. Dallin, let's hop right into it and let's start in the AFC. Let's start in the AFC North. The AFC North last year won by the Cincinnati Bengals at a 12 and 4 record. And that might sound like a little bit of a funny record in today's NFL, but this was, uh, they lost a game. Yeah. Because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. Um, and so uh, they wound up with a 12 and 4 record. Baltimore wound up with a 10 and 7 record. Um, let's start with those two top two teams though, Dallin, because I feel like you and I both are going to have those guys at the top. I really want to know. I think the real conversation here is in the AFC North, which one of those teams are you most comfortable being at the top? And I'd like you to kick this one off. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of the Ravens. Uh, I'm always high on Baltimore, uh, and I will be going into this season. I think, you know, with, the departure of Greg Roman and Todd Munkin coming in as the new OC. Uh, that's a new look and a new wrinkle to this that I think is going to pay dividends for Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense. Now I, you know, maybe it starts slow. It's, it's a process. It's, you know, this is uh, Lamar Jackson's uh, first time changing an offense and a scheme in the NFL, right? He was with uh, that scheme with Greg Roman and the Ravens since he was drafted there. So, it may take a minute to get going. I do think Ravens will be solid this year, but I, I, I am high on the Bengals and I do think the Bengals repeat as uh AFC North champs. So I am, uh, I, I do have Cincinnati at the top, uh, Baltimore at second, and they did both make the playoffs last year. And I have them both repeating as playoff teams. So I had Cincinnati as a 13 and four team and Baltimore at 11 and six. So, mm. And again, both playoff teams. Oh, and as a reminder, we got a plug as well. Uh, we make all of these picks, and you can as well if you want to on playoffpredictors.com. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The homies at Playoff Predictors, we don't know them, but we love them. You can go there right now, and you can make picks for every game this season. Uh, that's how we do it. We don't just make it up an arbitrary record number. We actually pick all 18, 17 games for all 32 teams. And at the end, it gives, you know, it, we we figure out where we're at. And that's what we present to you. I feel here. like we yeah. ought to share a screen or something like that, maybe. Just to give I, can, them an I, idea got, of, I got my playoff predictor. Well, I got I mine wanna, up too, but uh, well, I got this. I don't want to tease. I don't want to show my picks. That's the only problem. How about how about this? How about this? We we'll will give leave them a, a shout link, at the end. We'll leave a link in the description of this video. 
Perfect. And you guys can go check out Playoff Predictors. They're fantastic. It's a yep. great in, uh, a great engine to use, a great exercise um, when you're picking uh, games like this. Love it, love it, love it. Shout out Playoff Predictors. Um, so you had Cincinnati at the top. Yep. Um, and Baltimore coming about a game behind, you said? Uh, tw- two games. So 13 two and games four behind. for Cincinnati. And I actually had them as one seed in the AFC. And then Baltimore at 11 and six was the five seed. Okay. I, I mean, I I'm, I'm right there along with you that, you know, these are, these are going to be the top two teams um, in this division. I actually had Baltimore winning this division at 12 and five, which probably is a oh, little bit rich. Um, you know, I just, I feel like that they've had a kind of, almost a downtick in the last couple of years with they had the big entry issues at the, you know, in 2021, 2022, it felt like they, they had a hard time getting their feet underneath them as well until they, um, they kind of caught their stride there about midway through the season. Um, but Baltimore and Lamar, Lamar Jackson, I just feel like is, this feels like a Lamar MVP type of year mm. in my mind. I feel like that Ooh. this is, this is a huge, big season for Lamar Jackson. Um, a guy that I've been criticized for, for being harsh on, but I'm, I, I I'm love high, this turnaround. I, I'm Mitch high on Lamar. On Lamar. You love I'm to high see on it. Lamar. And I think that he's, I think he's primed to have another big MVP like season. So I'm going 12 and five, three okay. seed for the Baltimore Ravens. And, and I also have the Bengals making the playoffs at well. Uh, uh, with a five seed and an 11 and six record. I mean, this okay. team is not going anywhere. Um, yeah. There's some question marks at the running back spot. You know, is Joe mixing league? You know, is he going to be playing much because of the legal battles? Uh, but the offensive line has improved. The defense is still pretty stout. Uh, he still has, you know, Joe Burrow still has Jamar chase um, at his disposal, along with T Higgins. Um, this is going to be a really, really fun team still, but I think that they finish a the game just behind the Ravens in this division. Yeah, I do think that it will be a competitive division race between these two teams this season. And I do think it could go either way between Baltimore and Cincinnati. Obviously, I'm going with the Bengals uh, in this one by two games, but I, I, I do think it'll be close. And I think those are both solid playoff teams uh, heading into this season. So it seems like we're, uh, yeah. Same page, slightly different though. I love, you know, Mitch high on Lamar, high on Baltimore. You love to see it. You know what? I never thought I'd see the day, but here I am (laughs) high on Lamar and high on the Ravens. Maybe Um, you just hated Greg Roman. Maybe that was it. I think that had to have been what it was. (laughs) Had to have been what it was. He goes Um, and all of a sudden you're like all in. I love it. (laughs) Right. We look at the bottom half of this division though. And Pittsburgh surprised finishing nine and eight last year. Um, Cleveland. Did not shock anyone by finishing seven and 10. We figured that the struggles might come um, with waiting for the return of Deshaun Watson and waiting for that to um, kind of make its rounds. Um, No shock. I think that we have them here at the bottom two teams in the division, but I think what is a little bit of a shock here is I do have a third playoff team out of this division. um, And it might be by complete accident. (laughs) Because as you know, on playoff predictors, we pick games and sometimes things fall a certain way. I had the Cleveland Browns making the seven seed at eight, nine. Okay. And at eight, nine. Wow. You know, I think that this team is still 
competitive enough to flutter around that seven and ten to nine and eight type record. And I, I think that they're competitive enough to to flutter around there. But with Deshaun Watson back for a full year, um and Nick Chubb going to be just as dangerous of a weapon for them offensively. The defense still has remained incredibly has still remained intact uh, for the most part and has been a top half defense for the entire, for the entirety of those two years that they've kind of been on this, you know, little bit of a stretch. I think that Cleveland could sneak into a seven spot. So um, I'm justifying kind of the mistake that I made by putting him in, but um I think there's a I think there's a world where they sneak in at the seven. Okay, so eight and nine for Cleveland, and what record did you have for the Steelers? Oh, sorry, yeah, and then Cl- uh, Pittsburgh. I had them at seven and ten. Seven and 10. seven and ten. Okay, so Pittsburgh finished nine and eight last year, and we know Mike Tomlin and how consistent, and they don't have a losing record, and they just seem to figure out a way to get it done, which is always interesting. Uh, Cleveland finished seven and ten last year, so. You, I mean, you predicted a one-game improvement off of what was like a really disappointing year last year, and making the playoffs. But that is like that's pretty good. I'm almost more surprised at an eight-nine team making the playoffs uh, than anything because I legitimately had a ten and seven team that didn't make the playoffs in the AFC. Um, right. In fact, Mitch, I actually am more bullish than you on the Browns because I had them at nine and eight. But I wow. do have them missing the playoffs. I mean, again, one game because I think I think they're right there, right? They won seven games last year. I do expect an improvement from Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. They just have to improve, frankly, right? Deshaun Watson, you know, he sat out the first uh, half of last season, and then they just never caught fire as we maybe expected that they'd pick up some sort of steam and momentum in the second half. Never really did that. Uh, never really gelled. But, uh, you know, now is the first full year you get Deshaun in there as the quarterback. And we would both expect some improvement there. So I do think eight, nine, maybe even 10 wins is is potentially there for Cleveland. Uh, But I did have them at nine and eight. uh, And again, missing the playoffs, but nine and eight. And then I had Steelers at eight and nine. So I am not listening to the rule. I am picking them to have a losing record, but just by a game. Just barely, because if if they are going to have a losing record, it'll just it'll be like barely or they'll I'll go down go eight, the, eight and uh, one. And, you know, and then they'll just they'll just skate by at, at, at 500. But, you know, what? that's a ship I'll go down on with you, my friend, because yeah. like Mike Tomlin, as great as he's been, every coach has a bad year at some mm-hmm. point. Right. And I it's mean, a competitive it, division. It's a very, it's very competitive, competitive division. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. there you go. Okay, so you had three playoff teams from the AFC North. You had uh, Baltimore winning the division at tw- uh, twelve and five, Cincinnati at eleven and six, and then Cleveland at eight and nine, but the seventh seed. Is that right? Did I get that was right? Correct. Yeah. There you go. And then I had uh, Cincinnati win this division, and then uh, Baltimore making the playoffs from here. So uh, there you go. Okay, interesting stuff already, Mitch. Let's uh, let's jump over to the AFC uh, East. AFC East uh, last year, two playoff teams from this division. You had the Buffalo Bills at 13 and three. Again, the DeMar Hamlin game. They didn't get the full 17 games. So 13 and three record for Buffalo earned them a playoff spot. And then uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, earned the seven seed in the playoffs last year with a nine and eight record. New England, eight and nine. 
the New York Jets seven and ten just behind them. So you know, really at Buffalo on top, and then those other three teams within a few games of each other, pretty competitive. But uh, I I I feel like. Well, I, I was going to say we maybe both have three playoff teams from this division, but you just had three from the AFC North, so I don't even think you can mathematically. Mathematically, I can't. I can have two. So we will see how this goes. I'll let you go first. Buffalo, are they again at the top of this division yet again, or is somebody going to dethrone them in 2023? Yeah, I'm riding Buffalo. I'm riding Buffalo. Um, I don't have any reason not to. I mean, yep. they're still one of the better built teams in the entire league. Um, they have the winning track record over the last four years. Um, they have all the talent in the world. Um, they're still my, you know, they were in the way too early predictions. They were still my Super Bowl favorites. Um, I, I I took Buffalo 13 and four, one seed um, in the AFC, um, five and one in the division. And look, this team has just continued to, um, reload every single time they they lose some guys and the the big question still is the run game the run game the run game the run game um is james cook the guy is james cook the guy that's exactly that and i'm crossing my fingers that james cook is the guy because i keep picking the buffalo bills and um, I'm I'm really hoping he's the answer to their to their ground game woes. But I, I will have the Buffalo Bills winning this division. Yeah, I also have Buffalo winning this division. I have them at 12 and five and earning the three seed in the AFC. And yeah, you're right. It does very much come down to the run game. And can James Cook be that guy? They drafted him in the second round, uh, you know, last year. Uh, Zach Moss is gone. Devin Singletary is gone. They've brought in Damian Harris, but it is going to be, and they have shown full confidence that James Cooks is, is a guy they can believe in, a guy they can rely on. Will will it prove to be true? We shall see. And I do also think, Mitch, uh, that Buffalo desperately needs a secondary pass catcher to emerge consistently for them. Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis has had moments. Dawson Knox has been consistent at times, but they need somebody to emerge and be a consistent second option. They spent a first round draft pick on Dalton Kincaid. Is it Kincaid? Does that open up somebody else by bringing another weapon like him in? We'll see how that flushes out this year, but that is another question for me. Who can emerge as that consistent second option? We expected it to be Gabe Davis last year after that huge playoff game in 2021. It you know didn't happen. So can he do it this year or somebody else going to emerge? Well, and we thought it might've been Isaiah McKenzie there for a second too. I mean, like that guy just looked really, really good, but you know, Dalton Kincaid, a lot of great reports coming out of camp about this guy's athleticism. And um, so I'm excited to see how they're going to use, if they're going to use a two tight end system with Knox and Kincaid um, and how much, you know, how big of a part of the air attack that Kincaid's going to be a part of. So that, yep. that'll be a, that'll be a fun thing to watch develop for sure. Mitch Miami, the other playoff team last season from the AFC East. Do you have the dolphins repeating as a playoff team? And if you don't, who do you, if you have any teams making the playoffs uh, from the AFC East outside of Buffalo. So this is one of the ones, this is the fun one that we had last year because I got roasted for not putting Miami in the playoffs. And it was basically, um, I blamed the chargers for me not putting (laughs) Miami in the playoffs. Um, And it was my distaste for left-handed quarterbacks and 
not to a tongue of Iowa as a quarterback, but the fact that he just threw with the wrong hand <laughs> really is what it was. Um, I don't have Miami in this one. I have the New York Jets making okay. the playoffs in this yeah. one as the sixth seed. 11 and six, three and three in the division. I think that this, this was a team we talked about last year, actually that um, the, all the young talent was there. There was just huge question marks of the quarterback position and the cohesiveness of this team. Mm-hmm. And it seems that they've certainly addressed um, the quarterback position. And as we kind of saw through the regular season last year, they addressed the cohesiveness part. I mean, this team started to come together and put together good, good games, even as some really athletic, good young pieces were starting to fall to injury. So um, the Jets, the Jets are sneaky. The Jets are really, really sneaky. Um, And I know that there's a lot of hype surrounding them, but gosh darn it, as a six seed, they might be one of my AFC favorites. Um, Wow. uh, Yeah. That's a Bears fan here. Talking about Aaron Rodgers' new team there. That, that's your dad right there. So, I mean, it's understandable that. No, he's not in Green Bay anymore. He's but, not. But, uh, I, you know, I, I do think, uh, and I am with you on the Jets being a playoff team. I had them at the same record, 11 and 6, and I had them as the 7 seed uh, in the AFC. Uh, but a playoff team, a wild card team, uh, an improvement from the 7 and 10 record. They, they have to improve from 7 and 10 with how. The fact that they even won seven games with how abysmal the quarterback play was last year is just a testament to how much talent is on that team and how elite that defense was specifically. And it's a young defense that's only getting better. And that's where you've got to be excited about the Jets is the obvious offensive improvements, the addition of Aaron Rodgers, all that. But this defense should be as good, if not better next year. So, yeah, I think the Jets are legit. I do think, though. Uh, you know, maybe all of the success doesn't come in this first season. Maybe it takes some time. They've got to gel Aaron Rodgers in a new situation somewhere. He's never been in his NFL career, but uh, yeah, we're, we're both on the same page here. 11 wins. So you did not have Miami though, in the playoffs. And I noticed we got a comment from Michael uh, Miami will win it over jets. Uh, I do have Miami in the playoffs. I did have them as the same record 11 and six, uh, they in this uh, simulation earned the sixth seed, so they uh, same record, higher seed than the Jets. Uh, but I did have Miami as a playoff team. What record did you have for the Dolphins? I think I'm still a Dolphin killer, Dallin. I think I'm still a Dolphin killer because I had him at seven and ten. Seven and ten. Wow. Okay. So, so I guess I, I play play me out the scenario here, right? We had Miami go nine and eight last year with. Uh, Tua not even playing full-time, right? They had the very hot start and then the concussion issues, and then it just never really settled coming down the stretch. That's why they ended up with that 9-8 and eight record. Uh, what's the case this year for them taking uh, what would be a, not a huge step back, but you know, a few, a dropping a few games, falling out of the playoff picture? What's the case for Miami taking a few steps back this season? I don't see much improvement, anything around Tua. I don't. I don't see much improvement around them. They went nine and eight. And to be quite honest, Tua missing was missing a lot of the year because of injury. He was missing because of the concussion symptoms. And if there was ever a time to go address the offensive line and get him better protection, it was this offseason. Wasn't really that well addressed. It was kind of more just get to a healthy again. So I I worry about the health of Tua and I worry about what impact that will have. 
And I know it's easy to go back and say, well, we know what kind of impact that will have because look at last year and how well they performed without him. All I'm saying is that that roster that hasn't changed much is another year older with a quarterback that might, that is susceptible to falling, you know, getting himself on the, on the injured reserve again. So it's the health of the quarterback and the, the porousness of the offensive line is what really scares me about Miami. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I I don't think Miami is a perfect team by any means. Uh, They certainly have their flaws and, uh, you know, last year was a big indication of that. I do think that Tua, when he was healthy and playing, I think he showed us a lot last year of just how effective he can be with good weapons around him, with a good system around him that clearly Mike McDaniel was able to implement last year. And you could see, okay, this is where a Tua Tungavailoa-led team could be a playoff uh, contender, could be a playoff team. Right. But uh, obviously the health is going to be a big issue and concern here. Uh, I do think they made slight improvements. Yeah, obviously they didn't make huge improvements on offense. Uh, I'm interested to see what Devon a chain, the running back out of Texas A&M is going to do the rookie this year. Uh, Can they add some dynamism in the run game there? That was certainly missing last year. Uh, And then on defense, this is a solid defense that added Jalen Ramsey. And I know Jalen Ramsey, maybe not be prime prime Jalen Ramsey, but uh, when you're, countering Xavier Xavier Howard uh, on one side with uh, Jalen Ramsey on the other Javon Holland in the backfield and a lot of young talent uh, in the front seven. I think there's potential for this defense to really take a step as well. So I am more bullish clearly on uh, Miami. What four game difference here on our predictions, but uh, you know, someone's got to drop out, right? Not everyone's making the playoffs. So uh, it might be Miami. There you go, Mitch. Uh, what about New England? New England, eight and nine last year. I'm assuming we're not quite that bullish on the Patriots. Where did you have them finishing? No, I had them at five and 12. Yeah, I same here. Five I and had, 12. I had them bad. I mean, this, yeah. this team is just like they can, they continue to never address any needs. Yeah. It's like Tom yeah. Brady's gone and they crap their pants and don't know what to do. God, we don't have the guy that can actually make us competitive and good. What do we do? Let's sign Zeke. Yeah, let's sign Ezekiel Elliott. That'll solve all our issues. What a joke. I mean, yep. they're they're quickly becoming a joke of a franchise after becoming a, a, a dynasty. One of the best dynasties in all of sports history. And they're quickly becoming a joke because of their inability to take care of themselves in the front office it's a joke yeah it's questionable moves they didn't really do anything to improve this year and i just don't see how mac jones gets better with what they've surrounded him with uh they continue to just add mid wide receivers and not invest in an actual true number one so uh yeah things are not going to go well in new england i'd suspect i'd suspect so yeah both pretty low there on uh, the patriots yes very low very low um Okay, so let's move on to the AFC South. We're going a little bit south, and let's start off um, with a little bit look back of the the division last year. The Jacksonville Jaguars winning that division at a nine and eight record, sneaking their way in at nine and eight with a lot of help of some really really poor teams in that division. Um, 
Dallin, I I have to be honest with you here. Uh, There's a a clear-cut winner in this division, and I'm pretty sure we have the same team. I'm just interested to know what the win total is for this team um, and how hot and spicy we are on them. So, Dallin, Mm. I'll pass it over to you. Who do you got winning the division? Um, And if it's the same team I got, what's the win total? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely Jacksonville. Uh, They are the team on the rise, but I am not. uh, I guess in my head, maybe I'm more bullish on the Jags. I really love Trevor Lawrence. I think he takes a step forward this year, but I do think that there are some flaws on this team. The defense is still a huge question mark. There's a lot of young talent, but we've never seen that young talent uh, prove anything yet. So uh, I do think that this team will have flaws that will hold them back of being a true AFC contender this year. But I have a 10 and seven record for the Jags this year, earning them the four seed uh, in the AFC. Uh, And again, they're going to win this division by I had three games that they win this division by. So I think they're the heavy favorite in the AFC South. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but uh, I maybe going into this, I thought I'd maybe be a little higher on them record wise, but yeah, 10 and sevens where I ended up. I am a little bit higher than you. I'll tell you that much. I I am at 11 and six for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, This is, this is the year we see Trevor Lawrence break out into an MVP candidate. I'm calling it right now. He will be an MVP candidate by the end of the year. Put it on the Hill. I don't have the whiteboard anymore, but we'll put it on the Hill. (laughs) I there will die on that hill. Trevor Lawrence, MVP candidate by the end of this year. Yeah. Love this Jags team. Love the rebuild that they've been doing. Love the change of leadership. I mean, Doug Peterson was such a 180 from what Urban Meyer was, and it's the best way possible. I love the direction Jacksonville's headed with this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, they are definitely headed in the right direction, and I do think they take a step forward this year. Uh, and, you know, this was a team that was nine and eight last year, but also won a playoff game in an incredible comeback fashion, too. So uh, already have proven to be able to not only get there, but also compete and win in the playoffs. So that should certainly do them favors heading into this season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, down. We look down at the rest of the division, Tennessee, Indianapolis and Houston. This seems like um, a group of teams that you can kind of all put in the same group together because. We don't, at least for me personally, I don't expect big things out of any of these teams. I don't know if you feel the same way, but um, let's start with uh, the team that finished second in the division last year, Tennessee, seven and 10. Um, I'm interested to know, Dallin, do you think the quarterback change is coming at some point this year? How far or how long can they ride Derrick Henry? Can Mike Vrabel get the defense motivated to at least hold them afloat. Where do you have Tennessee? Yeah, I, I had the Titans uh, repeating with the seven and 10 record uh, though. I don't think they're really competitive in this division or in the division race by any means. Uh, but there is a level of competency that this franchise seems to have right now with Mike Vrabel and the talent, especially on defense to, as you sort of said, keep them afloat. Uh, I would expect to see, two, maybe three quarterbacks this year for the Titans. I don't, unless they're at the top of this division or leading it, there's no reason to continue to play Tannehill past week eight, nine, 10. So why not see what Malik Willis gives you? If you feel good about Levis this rookie season, why not see what Will Levis gives you for a couple weeks? Like 
I, I think that's the sort of season ahead for Tennessee. But at the same time, I don't think that means like a three win like disaster because there is a level of competency here with this franchise and, and a lot of talent too on this franchise still, even though offensively definitely aging out. So yeah, seven and 10 is where I had them not competitive, but uh, you know, retooling at the very least. Oh, sure. And I, I think that they still, they're so well run that there's definitely a baseline level of competency with that with that organization. So I have them at eight and nine second in the division. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the one team that I was surprisingly high on in this, um, and not that I, I'm not saying that like they had a winning record, but by any means, but of the bottom two that are going to have rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud Richardson, I was a little high on the Texans. I had them at seven really? and 10. I had the Dallas. Texans at seven and 10. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a positive step for the Texans this year. There's a lot of young talent there that they clearly have a ways to go. First year head coach in D'Amico Ryans, but that's the kind of culture you'd love to see. This is a guy that came from San Francisco, uh, has great experience there, brought a lot of that staff and guys familiar with that staff over to Houston. Uh, and this is a building year for them to build that culture, to build this team up with the rookie quarterback. But yeah, the defense got some fun, fun young players that I like, and CJ Stroud and Damian Pierce and this and the offense should be okay. I I had them I, again in this weak division. I don't know. They ended up at seven and ten. Maybe a, a surprisingly good season for the Texans. Yeah, I you know, I, I wasn't that high. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wasn't that far off. I was five and twelve. Yeah. But like I love D'Amico Ryan's, but man, I that's definitely higher than I would have had him. So, I mean, good for you. That's ball. That's ballsy. Yep. You know, steak. Oh, I don't know if seven and 10 is ballsy for the Texans, but, but I think I it is. Think it's, I think that's I ballsy. Think it's optimistic at the very least. But plant <laughs> yeah. your flag. Plant yeah. your flag, dude. What, what about the Colts? Cause I know you're, you've been coming around on Anthony Richardson. Are, did that reflect in this record at all? Are you uh, kind of where I am on the Texans? Maybe a little more bullish, or where did you sit with Indianapolis? I I am I'm I am coming around on Anthony Richardson. I think that there's still just work to do as far as cohesiveness and getting the offense clicking. I had him at six and eleven, and I feel like that's kind of mid of where they'll okay. be because obviously there's disaster that happens and they win two games, and yeah. then there's probably the ceiling where they win eight or nine games. So. Um, I put him at six and 11. I think that's probably the most realistic thing. And I think it's going to be a great year of growth for the young Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I think he's going to grow a lot as an NFL quarterback. Um, and this team's just going to become more co- cohesive as they uh, rebuild. And as the season goes on. So, right. So finishing ahead of the Texans, you had uh, the Colts at six and 11 and then the Texans at five and 12. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. I was originally with you in our way too early picks back in May. But this is one of those way where areas where I have flopped. I had the Colts at three and fourteen. I mm. I think with especially with the Jonathan Taylor stuff, not having Jonathan Taylor there, that run game. I as much as I love Richardson, as much he's going to add to that. Now that no longer becomes an obvious strength for that team, it becomes a question mark. And everything else on the offense was already a question mark heading into the season. So it, it worries me about the Colts. It makes me think that they're 
maybe try more trying to lose more games this year and not be quite as competitive in 2023 in hopes of setting up a better 2024. So I, that's where I ended up lower on them where in our way too early, I was, I was with you. I was like a game higher on the Colts than I was the Texans, but I've definitely come around and, and flipped on those. Wow. I like it. So I like it. Yeah. Spicy fun, fun stuff. The last AFC division, Mitch, the AFC West, the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs won this division last year with a 14 and three record, earning the one seed in the AFC. The Chargers also made the playoffs from this division uh, at 10 and seven. They earned the five seed in the playoffs uh, last season. So let's start with those two teams at the top, Mitch. Last year, this was a division where we were predicting three up to four playoff teams coming out of this with Russ uh, in in Denver and, and Devontae Adams joining the Raiders. And clearly those teams didn't have those seasons. We'll get to them. But will we see the Chiefs and the Chargers repeat as playoff teams? And we'll start at the top, I guess. Do you have Kansas City again uh, dominating at the top of the AC West. Yeah. Yeah. I have Kansas City up there. That's not the interesting part. Um, it's not, it's <laughs> like, not. like how fast the narrative of a, an entire division can change. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it was, it, it, it was insane how fast the, like this was supposed to be the AFC best. And it was, it was garbage out. It was almost garbage at some points outside of the Tansy chiefs. Now, the Chargers, they put together a good year, but golly, was it the Chargers weren't very good at a lot of times throughout the year. No. Um, the Raiders weren't good, and the Broncos were a flat out embarrassment the entire year. Um, I got the Chiefs winning the division again, 13 and four, okay. um, two seed in the AFC. Um, and you know, it, there's just there's no one. That can touch them right now in that division. Not a single team. It would they would yep. literally. I, I yeah, I would I was about to say some terrible things about what could happen to that team that would have <laughs> to happen for another team to win that division. I'm gonna hold that off because it's a good idea. Let's yeah, not wish that upon let, them. Let's not wish that upon them. And I don't wish that upon them, but yeah. some terrible things would have four. to happen to the hands because some terrible things would have to happen to the Kansas city chiefs for them not to win that division. Yeah. I also had them at 13 and four and the two seed uh, last year was the year for doubt, right? No Tyree kill. They, they were moving in a different direction. Could, could Mahomes do it without Tyree? What was, you know, clearly the, the question uh, was answered. He won another MVP. He won a super bowl. Uh, the chiefs are still the chiefs. Mahomes is still Mahomes. That offense is crazy. The team is crazy. So there you go. Uh, chargers though, making the playoffs. Yes. And what's the record? Uh, chargers. No, not making the playoffs. Okay. Um, I told them last year, do not embarrass me because mm. I picked them to win the division. Um, Ooh. yeah, they embarrassed me, did not win the division. I told them I was out completely on the chargers and I am a man of my word. I am out completely on the chargers seven and 10 third in the division. Ooh. Um, okay. So this is like, uh, so is this, because I kind of feel like there's this a scenario here. I, I feel like vengeance. there's a scenario here where 
Brandon Staley loses his job at the end of this charger season. And there's a big reset in LA because there have been heavy expectations for this team. Justin Herbert is going to be paid a shit ton of money here very quickly. And the whole dynamic of this team changes. So the window is now to get this thing done and to compete at a high level. So if they go seven and 10, like, does that mean Joe Staley's gone? Like, what's the, like, is that a possibility in this? Cause that crossed my mind as I was sort of playing the scenarios out in 2023. Well, it, yeah. And it was funny because we talked about a couple weeks ago, the first coach to be fired and no mm-hmm. one mentioned Brandon Staley. Right. Like the expectation he would this- be the first, maybe the first coach fired. You no, know, but he but certainly should be one of them. I mean, could be on the hot seat. Yeah. If the Chargers are anywhere where we think, where I think they're going to be, absolutely he should be fired. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, let's say, let's say worst case scenario, they start off two and six. Sayonara, Brandon. Like you, you were brought in to kind of carry on with Ant- what Anthony Lynn was starting to build up. And it's just progressively gone downhill over the last couple of years. So um, I don't see any reason why Brandon Saley should remain the head coach of the chargers. If they start off the season, you know, in that one and five, two and six type of record. Okay. Yeah. Chargers 10 and seven last year made the playoffs. Mitch has them as seven and 10 this season, missing the playoffs. I have them at 10 and seven again and missing the playoffs. So I do have them on the outside of the playoff picture, though. I do have them as a 10 and seven win team. That's just how uh, the playoffs shook out in the AFC. But I do think that with the jets emergence, with the way that I feel about Miami, with the fact that Baltimore and Cincinnati, barring any crazy injuries are both going to make the playoffs. Like the, the chargers on the, are are the team on the outside looking in, you know, they're the team uh, getting left behind at the, you know, at the altar, they, they, they get left. You know what, you know what it, it's, it's almost Mitch. It's almost like what they did to San Diego. It's almost like what they did to the city of San Diego. That's what they said. That's what they said to San Diego. They left them behind and now they're going to be left behind on the outside of the playoff picture this year. I just want to know, though, because as a guy that's given up on picking the Chargers every year, and not that you're picking them to take the playoffs, but you pick them to have 10 wins. Yeah, there's still a good team. What is it, though? Because they have... Well, there's the talent, you know? Yeah, there's the talent, but they haven't made the playoffs four out of the last five years. What? Why are we continuing to take the Chargers year in and year out because of what looks good on paper. I mean, I, as a guy that's given up on the Chargers, I kind of want to just get into the mind of a guy that's still taking the Chargers and riding hard here. But yeah, well, I think, you know, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs the year before they were nine and eight, right? So nine and eight in the first year, Brandon Staley, 10 and seven last year in the second year, Brandon Staley, they made the playoffs. So as much as they haven't met expectations, they aren't that far behind on expectations. And I don't necessarily see a regression for them. I also don't see an improvement. You know, I don't see how they got much better in the AFC race and the AFC around them has gotten better. Jacksonville's gotten better. The Jets have gotten better. Uh, You know, uh, Baltimore's gotten better. So I think everybody else is getting better around them where they are maybe just staying in place. And that's where I see 10 and seven, maybe nine and eight. I still think maybe over 500, but outside of the playoff picture. So 
Yeah. Yeah. We're in agreement yeah. there though. We Outside are. of the playoffs for the chargers. Uh, will we see much improvement though from the Raiders or the Broncos? The Raiders finished six and 11 last year. The Broncos five and 12. Did you have either of those teams making a noticeable improvement this year? I had, I had the Raiders making a one game improvement to seven and 10. Okay. And I had the Broncos making a two game improvement to seven and 10. So, okay. So I had not three, really, I had three teams at seven and 10 in this division, Wow, but yeah. Tr- yeah. You know, it, it's just Oakland content or I called them Oakland there. Las Vegas old habits are hard to break down. Um, it, it is hard for me to get behind this Raiders organization with the ownership, with the way it's ran in the front office. Um, just a lot of it is confusing decisions. I don't, and I, 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 I think, I think I'm always a little bit self, you know, subconsciously a little bit higher on the Raiders than I should be each year. Oh yeah. You definitely, so, yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I, I think I, I just am without even noticing it. And you just so, want to root for them. And I, I do. It. I want, yeah. I want the Raiders to be good again, yeah. but darn it. They're just not going to be very good. <laughs> so seven and 10 is probably the ceiling. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to the Broncos, man, I just, there's so many question marks. They're confusing. Yep. Is Russell Wilson going to figure it out? Was he just, uh, is he just not going to, is he going to be one of those guys that fizzles out after the prime of his career? I, I don't know. D- Denver's confusing as well. So. Yeah. I, uh, okay. So I am very low on the Raiders this year. I had them at four in 13. I think I, this is how this played out, Mitch. They started one in five and they fired Josh McDaniels. That's how this happened for me. I played it. It played out. They started one in five and I was like, yeah, if they get one in five, McDaniels is gone. Uh, There's no need to keep him there. And then they sort of won some games late, you know, extra motivation playing for the interim coach. But I think this is a team that, you know, probably wants to be bad, frankly, to get a shot at a quarterback in this draft. Uh, Josh Jacobs is not getting a long-term deal, so you're not tying up money there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's not an answer. They didn't get any better, certainly. So I don't see how they really improve this year. I think they can only take steps back. So 4-13 and 13 is where I ended there. Broncos, I was a little higher on than you. I think this is probably maybe best-case scenario. I had them at 9-8, and eight, uh, yeah. missing the playoffs. But, you know... I think they'll hit around eight wins, nine wins. I think we'll see some improvement from the Broncos. I don't know if they're a playoff team They're, You know, Sean Payton and Russ will see how that works, but they certainly just kind of by default have to improve off of that horrible five and 12 year they had last season. So I was a little two two games higher than you on that, but uh, I think seven and 10, seven to nine wins is probably the range there for Denver. So well, and new and new leadership in Denver, right? Sean Payton comes back and, yeah. and th- there's a different regime there. So maybe th- that will uh, flip the script a little bit for yeah. Denver. the energy, the culture, maybe that helps. So, uh, so that's our AFC Mitch. Let's run through our playoff teams out of the AFC real quick before we wrap up with the conference. All right. So at the one seed, I had the Buffalo bills. It's a two seed at the Kansas city chiefs, the three seed, the Baltimore Ravens, the four seed, the Jacksonville Jaguars, five seed, the Cincinnati Bengals, the six seed, the New York jets and the seven seed miraculously, the Cleveland Browns. 
There you go. And then my uh, seeding in the AFC have number one, Cincinnati Bengals, the two seed Kansas City Chiefs, the three seed Buffalo Bills, the four seed Jacksonville Jaguars, the five seed Baltimore Ravens, the six seed Miami Dolphins, and the seven seed New York Jets. So the only difference here between us is I had Miami in, you had Cleveland in. Other than that, we're pretty, we have the same playoff teams. So, yep. Yes, competitive sir. AFC, that's for sure. Uh, the NFC is going to look a lot different, but AFC stacked and loaded, and I think there's a number of teams that uh, are going to be very competitive, so that will be a, a fun one to watch. So, Absolutely. All righty. Well, let's, uh, let's, as we wrapped up the AFC, before we jump into the AFC, let's jump into a break. So we are going to hit a, uh, hit a mid-roll, take a quick break, and when we come back on the other side, we'll get into the NFC, our picks for every team in that conference. And then uh, at the end of the podcast, our playoff predictions and of course, Super Bowl predictions. So stick around and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the second half of the sports hour with Mitch Mo and Dallin. We just went through the AFC. Dallin, we got a whole nother half of the league to go. And let's not waste any time and get right into it. The NFC, arguably the best conference mm. in, uh, in all of football. Um, no biases. No biases, of course. No. Um, by either you or me, but let's get into um, a little bit of AFC North conversation, Dallin. 
last year, the Minnesota Vikings taking home that title of the NFC North champs at 13 and four um, in an odd turn of events and a, a really odd season for the Minnesota Vikings winning 13 games yet getting outscored by their opponents. And if you look back on that team, a lot of one score games, but man, they sure did give up a heck of a lot of points in those one score games um, kind of lucked their way into a 13 win season. So Dallin, um, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings because I think that they're probably one of the more confusing teams that we have in all of professional football right now, as far as what really is the skill level of this team where they lost Alvin cook, Alexander Madison's going to assume the role of starting running back. I mean, where, where do we have the Vikings um, last year's NFC North champs going into 2023 this year? Yeah, you know, I think obviously they're a very feels like a very fluky team last season. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think there's a question of where do they where do they settle, right? Where's where's closer to the reality for them uh, as opposed to maybe that 13 and four record last year? Uh, I had them repeating as NFC North champions in 2023 with a 10 and seven record. So I think a good team a playoff caliber team. Are they as good as 13 wins? No, but there's enough talent on this team and enough questions in this division that Minnesota, I think can get away with a 10 win, uh, NFC North division title. Uh, so I ended up, yeah, 10 and seven on Minnesota winning the division. The defense has questions, but the offense has firepower. Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, I mean, that is just, that's firepower right there. They're going to be able to put up points because the defense keep up. We'll see. So 10 and seven is where I'm at with Minnesota. What about you? Yeah, I got them at 11 and six. So right there with you. Um, okay. And I have them repeating as division champions oh. Two seed. Um, I'm surprised by that. NFC. Yeah. I mean, I think you that were, if, if people don't remember in our way too early predictions, Mitch was like. Very high on Detroit. If I remember right, you had them as like the two seed and winning the NFC North. Wow. Um, so I guess that's why I'm, I guess we'll why I'm interested Detroit. in the fact that you had uh, Minnesota at the top in 11 wins as well. My, my attitude about Minnesota changed when I looked at the number of one score games and how much of a liability that that defense really was to them the entire year. That team, that team could put up points. They could put up points and they were losing a lot of one score games. If that defense just tightens up in the least little bit, I mean, we're looking, even if they win 11 games, we're looking at a much better team than that 13 and 14 was uh, the, the year before. So I like Minnesota to repeat as division champions um, with an 11 and six record. Yeah. I like that. So where does that leave the Lions then? I I I got them at the sixth seed, ten and seven, finishing second. Okay, I'm we're, still high on the, the Lions. Same spot. I had them ten and seven in the sixth seed as well. I I am still high on the Lions. I mean, look, this team is so much fun, and they've gone from fun to holy crap, they're actually pretty good. They're actually pretty good, and this is going to be a playoff contending team. Dan Campbell has the boys headed in the right direction. Jared Goff, of all people, is 
the guy that's going to lead that ship into the playoffs. I like the Lions at the six seed, 10 and seven. Yeah. Um, you know, Detroit nine and eight last year just misses out on the playoffs. I think the Seahawks were also nine and eight, but they ended up earning that seven seed. So Detroit definitely surprised a lot of people had a better than expected season. Can they take a step forward? That's the question. Um, I do think, and I I just want to throw this out there because obviously I do have them at 10 and seven. I have them making the playoffs, but I do think that there is a world that we should prepare ourselves for where Detroit takes a step back and goes down to like seven, six wins this year. And, the offense with Goff just doesn't hum this, the same way. It just doesn't click the same way. Uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs as a rookie takes a little bit to come on. You know, Jamison Williams yeah, in, get, integrating him into this team after the suspension. How does that look? And and maybe things just don't go quite as well. That doesn't mean that the future isn't good in Detroit or that they're not going in the right direction. But there are some inherent flaws on this team, a defense that needs to improve a lot. And a question ultimately on that quarterback. And Jared Goff was good, really good last year. But could, you know, have teams figured them out, right? You know, they caught people by surprise with Ben Johnson's offense last year and what they were able to do. But now you get another look at them. You know, you're prepared this yeah. time. You're not, it's not going to catch you off guard in 2023. So how do you play when you're not the underdog, when you're not catching everybody's by surprise? That was the only thing I'll throw out with Detroit in here, which is why I didn't feel super comfortable putting them as the division champ and really saying like they're going to really lock this thing down because I do think there's a chance that they could take a step back and and you know have to sort of reset a bit especially with the quarterback situation I think more so than uh, you bring up a good point I think more so than any other team in the entire league the Detroit Lions have the largest range of outcomes Mm. like they could be four and 13 they could be 11 and six like it just depends on like I this is a this is a very uh flashy exciting kind of NBA league pass we throw this term out all the time team fun team um where the range of outcomes is just a little bit unpredictable so I think they probably they could have the lowest floor and the highest ceiling and that range could be the the largest of any uh, team in the league right now. yeah there you go I like it um so Dallin. Last year, Green Bay Packers finished in third in the division, eight and nine. New quarterback at the helm, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers gone off to New York. What where what are your feelings about the Green Bay Packers? Because I yeah, feel I mean, like th- there's a large range of outcomes with when it comes to feelings about the Green Bay Packers. You know, I don't really think so. I think I don't really see. I think almost like the opposite of the Lions. I think there's a very small window of outcomes for Green Bay just because there's a lot of talent on this team. This is a team that obviously last year, 8-9, didn't go great, but was a consistent playoff machine for years. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is a huge part of that, but there's talent on this team on, on every level, on offense and on defense. And the big question, two of them, really is just the offense and the pass game, right? And I say pass game because it didn't, Includes Jordan Love at quarterback, but also the range of young pass catchers that they have that they're going to continue to rely on and hope that uh, the guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs take big steps in 2023 alongside this new quarterback. So I, obviously there are questions and a lot we don't know about them, but I don't really see a world where they win three or four games 
And I don't really see a world where they win more than like 10. Uh, I, you know, if that, I, I don't really, I, I think they're kind of like going to be six to nine, seven to nine, somewhere in that range. Uh, depends on how bullish you are on Jordan Love or how good you think he is going to be. I had Green Bay uh, finishing last in this division, but it's seven and 10. So I still think, you know, from eight, nine last year to seven and 10 this year, I think Jordan Love can look good. I think the team could be competitive, but just not quite what they used to be. And clearly a team that needs some years to uh, retool itself. So a little lower on Green Bay, last in the division technically, but seven and 10, I still think, you know, not too far off of where they've been at. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what about you? I, I, uh, I took a lot of pleasure <laughs> and being able to justify being low on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's been a long time since you could even give them a losing record. So I listen, I, I understand if you're taking advantage of this season. So put them <laughs> at five and 12 for me, five okay. and 12 last in the division. Okay. Yeah. Put them there. I mean, like I, this is, <laughs> it's just, I, I, I love seeing that G at the bottom of the division standings. I just love <laughs> that. It's just, it's a sight to behold. Yeah. That's all. I don't really have, yeah. you, I think you, you pretty much hit all the, all the nails on the head there, Dallin. Um, I just am taking a lot of pleasure in green Bay being at the bottom there, but I do want to talk about my Chicago bears. Yes. And I haven't had the opportunity to be a Homer about the Chicago bears in quite a while because uh, we just haven't been good. I said that the Chicago bears will be a team that we are a year too early on, maybe mm. a year, you know, maybe two years too early on. I have the bears at their ceiling this year, finishing eight, and nine, mm. third in the division. Um, Big leap for Justin Fields. I think that he's going to find a lot of security with that new weapon of DJ Moore. I think Cole Komet emerges as a true red, red zone threat. I think that they will figure out the backfield and the defense will become more solid than what it has been over the last year and a half or so. The second half of 2021 was god awful as well. So, um, Things are starting to come together. Matt Eberflus is the right answer for the head coach. I Brian Pace is the right answer for the guy at the head of the front office. Um, things are headed in the right direction for the Chicago Bears. I put them probably at their ceiling at eight and nine, but we see the turnaround start right now this year. Yeah, three and 14 last year for the Chicago Bears. Obviously ended up with the number one pick in the draft that they traded to my Carolina Panthers, uh, Mitch, I must have them at their ceiling as well, because I also had the bears at eight and nine. Cause it just feels like they're going to make an improvement this year. Now, is yes. it a six game improvement? You know, again, that maybe be, that's where that we're, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that's where we're off, but I, seven wins, eight wins. I think it's possible for the bears. I Justin Fields has to improve. The offensive line has improved. They added DJ Moore to the mix. The running back situation with Donta Foreman and Roshan Johnson, I think is going to be pretty and good. Khalil Herbert. And Khalil Herbert. And the biggest question is like defense and how much you're really getting out of the defense. There, there are still, like you said, a year, maybe two years away from really being a contender. That extra first round pick that they get from Carolina, those two first round picks they can invest onto the defense or whatever they do with them. Those will be mm -hmm. hugely valuable for them. But a step in the right direction for Chicago and yeah, I guess eight, nine. So 
not last I'm in so the glad NFC we're North. On the same page here, man. There All you right. go. How about it's it? Just, just how it goes. You know, we we play the scenario out and uh, you know, we don't argue. We just take it. So That's uh right. That's right. there you go. Two playoff teams from the NFC North for Mitch and I, uh, both having Minnesota winning the division and then Detroit earning a wild card spot and out of the NFC North. Let's jump over to the NFC East, where the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles uh, reside. In fact, three playoff teams from last year are in this division. Yet Philly finished 14 and three Dallas at 12 and five and the New York Giants at nine, seven and one. All three of those teams earning a playoff spot. Washington with a very respectable eight, eight and one record had a shot at the playoffs with two weeks remaining. Uh, and, yeah. and lost that, but really they were in the driver's seat of earning that seven seed. So we could have seen an NFC East sweep last season, but do you see that same sort of success for this division in 2023? Do you see a repeat of three playoff teams from this division? Uh, let's start at the top Eagles fly Eagles fly. Are they at the top yet again? Yeah. Get him in, get him in. One seed, 14 and three. Jalen Hurts has an MVP like season. Um, I'm actually, I'll call it right now. Jalen Hurts wins MVP. Okay. I'll so call he, it right now. Uh, he's a, uh, was he a finalist this last year for MVP? I can't remember. I believe he was. I think it was because him. He missed a couple weeks and he still was yeah. a finalist. Yeah. That goes from a finalist to winning the MVP this season, 14 and three. Another repeat for Philly. I had them, uh, winning this division as well. Number one seed in the NFC at 12 and five. So uh, maybe a little bit step back. I do think, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more, but I don't see quite as easy of a path or as much success for Philly this year as it did last year, but obviously a very talented team and what is a pretty weak conference overall in the way too early, Mitch, I had Dallas winning this division, though they had the same record and they were close. I, I had the Cowboys actually winning this division. Obviously I've flipped on that. I'm back on Philly on top, but I do have Dallas at 12 and five as well, finishing with the same record as Philly, but not winning this division. So earning the five seed in the wild card, where did you have the Cowboys? I had them third in the division. Okay. As, as the seven seed at 10 and seven, 10 and seven and the seven seed. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Okay. And third in the division. So I, before we could talk about Dallas, then I got to know. So the Giants number two, you're a, a, a step in the right direction for Brian Dable in the squad. I huge step in the right direction for the New York Giants and Brian Dable. I think that the New York Giants outside of the Buffalo Bills are the best coach team in the entire league. I think that Brian Dable and Wink Bartendale are doing magical things over there in New York and turning this team into a real contender. Like, look, they have a lot, they have talent, but darn it. The coaching has been so darn good and they have really turned this team around in a quick fashion. I think that they finished second in the division, 11 and six fifth seed for the New York giants. Okay. Wow. So that is going to be probably the one team that we are starkly different on Mitch, uh, okay. because in the same way you have a step up for the Giants, I see a step back for the Giants this year. I had them at seven and 10, uh, third in this division still. So maintaining their spot in the standings, but taking a bit of a step back. Uh, 
it just, it, it's so hard because it felt like they got the absolute most out of that roster last year, right? Like they wrung that towel dry and they got every drop of talent out of that roster. And yeah, there's a lot of young players that should continue to improve and you, you would expect some improvement in ways, but can you expect to get 95% of those guys again this season? Or does that come back to a more realistic level? Does Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones as efficient last this year as he was last year, because efficiency was something he wasn't known for in the NFL. And that was a huge flip. So is that a trend or is that just a fluke? I, I think that's my biggest question with the giants this year is, are, are these trends in the right direction or are these flukes of a, re- a really talented coaching staff getting the absolute most out of a, a subpar roster? And does that subpar roster come back to bite them? Because yes, it did improve, but I do think that this isn't a, a playoff contending roster in the same way that uh, the Eagles or the Cowboys are even in their own division. So seven and ten on them taking a bit of a step back but i like it 11 and six taking a step forward i'll be bold i'll be bold on the giants yeah you're a big dable guy and i get it i love brian dable and i love the coaching staff i just daniel jones will forever taint me on the giants i just can't i will never buy in i am it is what it is i'll be wrong i I can look i can look past (laughs) the daniel jones thing and just be like i love santa and santa's little help yeah there god bless you for it i could take that ride my laurels Rest my laurels yeah. on that. Mitch, the the commanders at the bottom of the division. Uh, they finished at the bottom of the division last year, though with a respectable record again, eight, eight, and one. I had them at five and twelve. We talked about first coach fired, and I mentioned Ron Rivera is just one of the names that pops up just because of how long he's been there and the expectations. I feel like a five and twelve year would probably mean he doesn't keep his job at the end of the season. And you know, with the Sam Howell situation at quarterback, this is a team that would maybe wouldn't mind ending up with a Caleb Williams or a Drake may and, and being at the top of this draft board. So a team I could see, you know, sort of trying to take the tank route at the end of the season, if things aren't going great. So I had them at five and 12. What about you? I had them at five and 12 as well. Um, as much as I love Ron Rivera, I, I think he's one of those guys that's out early. He might, he might be one of those guys that's out by like week seven. Um, it's just, he was he was thrust into a tough situation to begin with. Um, and you know, he's a strong willed human being. Um, but darn it, that was a tough situation to take over in Washington. And I I think he deserves another shot elsewhere. Um, maybe in a front office job, maybe you know, or on the sidelines, but this or with just a, like a competent franchise. <laughs> or just yeah, or that like help. <laughs> Judd, please, God, don't send him to Arizona. Please don't. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Don't, we'll don't get do to, him dirty. Don't. We'll get to Arizona in a minute. But, you know, like, yeah. uh, you, you just feel bad for Riverboat yeah. Ron. Uh, but, yeah, 5 and 12 is where I got him. Yeah. We're big Riverboat Ron fans and always oh, yeah. will be. So, Love Ron. Yeah. Member of the 85 Bears. How could I not hate him? And so. a Panthers head coach who took us to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a. How he's could a I, hate? I couldn't. He's a win in my book. Always. Exactly. Exactly. Down. Let's move on to the NFC South. Um, Boy, howdy is this, is this division just gone through the gamut the last few years, as far as like they have one dominant team and three crap teams last year, it felt like 
yeah, last year they had four crap teams in the entire division. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the playoffs at an eight and nine record. Um, everyone else in the division finishes seven and ten. I feel like this is the biggest toss-up division in all of football because the competition is so low that there it seems like all four teams are kind of in rebuild stages. So maybe at different points of the rebuild, but Dallin flip a coin. Who the heck do you have winning the division? If you had a four-sided coin, it'd be the perfect exercise. Cause uh, it, it, I, I, other than maybe Tampa and I am just terribly low on Tampa. We'll, we could talk about them later, but I think other than the bucks for me, I could see any of the other three teams winning this division. And yes, that includes my Carolina Panthers with a rookie quarterback. Who's like five, 10, 160 pounds. So uh, I, but that's where this division stands because as you said, everyone is just kind of in flux and it seems like the year where somebody decides to take over the division, right? Somebody gets to step up this season and say, you know what? Yeah, no, the NFC South is going to be ours moving forward, right? Is it Atlanta taking a step forward with Desmond Ritter and this young core? Is it Carolina with Bryce Young? Is it uh, New Orleans with the retooling and at an addition of Derek Carr? In our way too early picks, I had New Orleans winning this division. And this is the only spot where I actually changed a playoff team from our way too early. I had the mm. same playoff teams everywhere from our way too early, except for here. And uh, I have the Falcons winning this division now. And not only that, Mitch, but I have Atlanta at 10 and seven. I have the Falcons as the three seed in the NFC with a 10 and seven record. And it just feels right. I feel very good about that. Dallin, I have the Falcons at a 10 and 7 record and a four seed. Oh, I let's mean, go. Let's go. Look, okay. This team I have come around on so much. And maybe we're just getting ourselves super excited over the young talent that's over in Atlanta right now. And it's all for naught. But darn it, this feels like a team that's ready to turn the corner. They do. Yeah. And you know what? Bringing in Bijan certainly helps. I mean, certainly helps the the uh, the excitement over this team. But they feel like they've been kind of. I feel like they've kind of pointed themselves in the right direction very quickly after yep. breaking themselves down. They didn't yep. have that lull period. They kind of broke it down and went, "Okay, we're headed here," and that's kind of they kind of just stayed the course the entire time. So, props to the Atlanta Falcons for for kind of. A preemptively congratulating them for a successful rebuild <laughs> because I think they will be a 10 win team as well. So, well, yeah, I mean, let's be frank, Mitch last year at this time, we were predicting three, four wins for the Atlanta Falcons with Marcus Mariota as the quarterback or rookie Desmond Ritter. Like they our, went seven expecta and our expectations were not high for Atlanta and they did exceed those expectations with that seven and 10 record last year with, poor very poor quarterback play so and then they added Bijan robinson like it the uh the, just the the sheer talent on offense is enough to say desmond ritter can be average and this offense could be top 10 you know and then what could the defense be if they could just be average or above average so i i definitely think there's a scenario where atlanta is takes a huge step makes you know makes a big leap i i i liked desmond ritter in the 2022 draft, 
Uh, I thought of the non-Kenny Pickett, you know, you put him at the top, but those other guys, Ritter was one of those I felt would could come in and be uh, an above average player for the beginning part of his career and maybe more. So he gets his shot this year. We'll see what it looks like, but I love it. Atlanta, 10 and seven. Let's go. I love it. Let's go. I love it, Dallin. Okay, so I'm assuming we didn't have another playoff team from this division, though, right? That was the only one? That was the only one for me, yeah. Okay, so I guess, did anybody else really compete for the division title for you, or was it kind of Atlanta running away with it? Um, Atlanta won by two games over two teams, and and I'll just say your Carolina Panthers, 8-9. and Let's talk about Um, them, because I had them at 8-9 and as well and finishing second in the division. Yeah, and I that, felt that's where I had a little too. bullish on that. I'm going to be honest, but I'd okay. love to see how you feel. I just think that they have really good ancillary, pe- you know, ancillary pieces right now to kind of almost good place fillers while they're kind of retooling themselves for this actual rebuild. Um, you know, Bryce Young is clearly the first step in that, right? They, they mm-hmm. haven't had a great quarterback since Cam Newton. So, you know, get that most important piece on the entire football team solidified with Bryce Young, who of course, real damn tied. I'm a Bryce Young guy. Of course, I think he's going to be successful in the NFL. Um, But once you get that solidified, now you can broaden your horizons and expand around him. And I think that they're doing that in a very good way. They have good cornerstone pieces on defense, Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. I think they have great cornerstone pieces to build upon there. They just seem like they're headed in the right direction. I think Mm. they're probably in the same vein as the Chicago Bears, maybe a year or two out, um, but they're pointed in the right direction and they kind of went the long route um, over the last couple of years. But Carolina, Carolina, I I do feel comfortable with kind of an eight and nine record here. Yeah, they didn't take the long route. They took a detour with Matt Rule and they got off the Google Maps and they got lost. The signal came out, but uh, hopefully Frank Reich has righted us and put us at least on the right path, right? That's what you've got to uh, hope. And, and I'm I'm there with you clearly with that eight and nine record. I just feel like there's enough talent on this defense. It's a top 12 capable unit. It's a, it's, it's a defense that's capable. And at sure. times last year for a seven and 10 team performed at a top 10 level, the offense is the huge question. And they frankly didn't really get much better on offense from last season, right? Obviously you'd hope the quarterback position's better, but we're still talking about a rookie quarterback. Uh, Miles Sanders, hopefully with him, Chuba Hubbard, you get some consistency out of the run game that came on strong with Dante Foreman last year in Chuba. Uh, The pass catchers are, you know, didn't get better without DJ Moore. Uh, And, you know, Jonathan Mingo is a rookie and you're, you know, a lot of guys, Adam Thielen you're bringing in. But yes, the baseline is there enough that they could be competitive they should see some market improvement in ways. And I think this is a team that comes on strong late in the season and builds that momentum into next year. So maybe eight is like, like you said with the bears, maybe it's a ceiling, but this was a seven and 10 win team last year. So I guess it's not that far off to think they improved by one game, even with a rookie quarterback. No, I don't, I don't think it's that hard, that, that far-fetched at all. Yeah. I think that's you know, totally I, doable. I'm sitting here with the Panthers jersey, Mitch, with the Jonathan Stewart jersey for those watching the stream. That's why you got to watch the stream. We got to be somewhat bullish. 
on the Panthers. I couldn't put him in the playoffs, so that was too much. I almost I wish did. I, I, I wish I was, I was little... doing that with my Bears jersey. I could have done that. Yeah, it's, you know, we but... would love to see you do a little twirl. Wow. You can it's still been, do one. What are you wearing? It's, I, just I, I just got a button up. It, it's oh, it's in the other room. We'll do it next. I'm sure. But yeah, I'm sure I'll pick the Bears to win these games in our quick picks about 17 out of the 18 weeks. So you exactly. Know. Yeah, exactly. Um, So you had another eight and nine team, though. Uh, New Orleans. Uh, yes, it was New Kevin. Orleans. Yeah. And confusing. It seems yep. confusing. I just it was like, I know they're not going to be terrible but they're not going to be good either. It's mm-hmm. just, they're, they're just the last three years or so with the, with the new Orleans saints have just been like their one giant question mark. And I don't know how to figure them out. So eight and nine is kind of where I fell. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the post, the post drew breeze life, the existence for new Orleans has not been good. That they've has, never that is figured the it out. They, they have not figured out what to do post Drew Brees. Uh, and is Derek Carr the answer? I don't think so. I had them at seven and 10. So just, to, you know, I ate yet eight and nine. I had them at seven and 10. I did have them at nine and eight and winning the division in our way too early, but I've come around on Atlanta, more bullish on them, more bullish on the Panthers. And, and, and it's taken a step back on New Orleans with the Kamara issues. You know, how much is he playing? I love Chris Olave, but this is also a team that's getting older in a lot of respects and hasn't really replaced that talent with y- with new young talent. So at a certain point, it's just going to run out and I don't see how they realistically get to like a 10 win mark in any real way. So yeah, they're, they're a very mid team. They're, they're like the epitome of mid for this season for me, like just, just mid. It's not like they don't have talent, but they don't, they just right in the middle. I don't know. That's where I'm at with New Orleans. I just like, they are the head scratching team. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, the proverbial itch on the skull. I, <laughs> I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. Um, Dallin, one last team though. And I'm, I'm glad we both have this team at the bottom because yeah. uh, that means we're both pretty low on them. It sounds like you might be lower than I am though. I, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the cellar of this division Six and 11. Um, the quarterback issue is one thing in itself, but damn, they have aging weapons around a question market quarterback. They don't have a solidified run game. The defense has slowly deteriorated. Uh, I love Todd Bowles and I think he's a great head coach, but I don't think that the Buccaneers find their way out of this hole without a complete reset. Um, I have them at six and 11, but it sounds like maybe you are much lower than me than me. I am. I have them at three and 14. I think this is a team that's looking to bottom out and draft a Caleb Williams or draft a Drake may in this next year and reset their franchise. And frankly, they need to that. That is the path that they should take because there's enough talent. Like they're not completely destitute of talent. They, they have good pass catchers. They have aging uh, you know, they have some aging linemen. You know, you still have Tristan Werves, obviously, who's like an all pro tackle. But the defense is good, but not getting, you know, they haven't replaced it with a ton of young talent. So, but still competitive. You have the makings there where you could be a competitive team with a good young quarterback. But Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield are not that answer this year. No. But if you go seven and 10 or eight and nine, 
One, you might frankly win this division, which would not be good for your draft hopes. But even if you didn't, you're not going to end up with a pick that puts you in a position to take one of those guys. So if you want to reset your quarterback position and Tom Brady has left them with a huge hole at that position, obviously, your best case scenario is to win three games and have a shot at the top of the draft board. And that's where I see the season playing out for Tampa. So. And I, and I think that there, this this team and another team we'll talk about in just a little bit are prime examples of what the cost of going all in to win a Super Bowl is. Yeah. You go in, you have this three-year window where you can get it done, and the, you get it done, but the fall-off, it, it's, yeah. I, I see those videos of, like, former drug addicts that talk about cocaine and how it was such a great high, but the come down is so God awful. I think it was Brian Johnson from the, from the beach boys that talked about it. And it was so uh, the come down was so God awful. That's exactly what it is right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The come down is so awful and you have to reset yourself and and get yourself moving in the right direction. Yeah. So there you go. We both have Atlanta winning the NFC South in 2023, 10 and seven. Love to see it. Mitch, final division in the NFC, NFC West. Last year, the San Francisco 49ers won this division with a 13-4 and record. Uh, Seattle also made the playoffs, the 9-8 and record, earning the seven seed. And then you had the Rams and the Cardinals in the basement with five and four wins, respectively. Niners should be, are the favorite this year in the NFC West. How did this play out for you? Do you have them at the top? I do. I have them at 10 and seven. Um, okay. I feel like that's kind of a floor for the 49ers though. Um, I'm a big Brock Purdy believer. I think that Christian McCaffrey adds a completely different dynamic to that offense. The defense is obviously just incredible. Of course, they're going to go without, you know, in the first four, I think it's the first four weeks. They're going to be without Nick Bosa with the holdout. Um, so it'll be a little bit different for that defense, but they're pretty, they have shown to be able to reload pretty easily on the defensive side. Um, the Niners very easily could be competing for that one seed. I think I have them picked um, at their, at their floor right now at 10 and seven, but three seed in the NFC. Yeah. I had uh, the Niners at 11 and six earning the two seed in the NFC. I think that's about right. I don't know. It's 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 this is such a fascinating team for me, Mitch, because if you took every team in the NFL and you just took out the quarterback position and then you asked me what the best team in the NFL was, there would be no hesitation in saying it's the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, they're so their roster on offense and on defense is completely stacked. Their coaching staff is one of the best in the league. Like this team is one of the best teams in the NFL, just hands down, undoubtedly. Absolutely. But then there's the quarterback position, which just so happens to be the most important position in all of sports, let alone the NFL. And they enter this season. Yes. Probably feeling better than they did last year because you got something out of Brock Purdy, but we got six games out of Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. And that is, the future. That's the hope heading into this season. If it's not him, it's Sam freaking Darnold. They traded away Trey Lance. That's got, that's done. That, that, that didn't happen. That didn't work out. 
So it's Brock Purdy or bust for the San Francisco 49ers at this position. And as good as the roster is, and as, as much talent as there is around him, if the quarterback position doesn't work, does it hold them back at the end of the day? Will they still win 10, 11, 12 games? 100% because there's just too much freaking talent on the team. If they stay healthy, they're going to win those games. But when they get to an NFC championship game again, when they get to the divisional round, will it be enough? Will a Purdy or God forbid a Darnold or whoever else, can that be enough when you're facing teams like the Eagles and some of the other teams? That is where I sit on San Francisco, but I don't think there's a question that they win double digit games as long as they're healthy and that they're one of the top seeds in the NFC heading into the playoffs. I mean, yeah, the, the quarterback position is a huge question. The biggest question mark for San Francisco, but I also want to preemptively say that I think Brock Purdy is the answer. Yeah. Um, clearly the question will be definitively answered when they make that NFC title game again. Um, or an NFC divisional game. I, I don't want to, you know, get ahead of myself here, but um, when they get to that position, of course that answer will be more clear, but I yeah. think that Brock Purdy is talented enough, has the football IQ, has the, all the athleticism to, to be the answer for the 49ers for right now, at least for this year. So yeah, um, whether that's a long-term answer or not is yet to be seen sure. but for this year. <laughs> I have faith in Brock Purdy. Yeah. We will find out, and certainly the Niners do too, with uh, how this offseason is played out and uh, obviously giving him the job uh, heading into this season. The Seahawks, Mitch, do they repeat as an NFC playoff team in 2023? I don't. I don't have them there. I don't think nine oh. and eight's good. I don't think nine and eight's going to be good enough to get there. The Graf family is appalled and offended. I will speak on their behalf. I have them as the eighth team, the first team out. Um, Nine what records? Nine and eight. So nine repeat eight. is nine and eight, but this time nine and eight, not good enough to earn the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I just, That's... I mean, I, I think that there, there's a lot of talent all over the rest of the offense. Um, Gino was fantastic, but is this a legitimate turnaround for his career? I mean, is, is this uh, just a one-off type deal or, or I, I feel like I have to see it again out of Gino to really believe that he has made a career revival and a complete turnaround. So as much as I love Gino, I just, I'm not buying in a hundred percent on it just yet. So wow. nine and eight repeat the record, but just missing out. I guess that's just how the chips fell in this for in this shame scenario. for shame. Image. I know uh, I'll get disowned look. by the graph family. That's it's a tough fine. look. Uh, I had the Seahawks as well at nine and eight, but I did have them making the playoffs as the seven seed again. Um, I do think that we will see a, a bit of regression from Geno in the passing game this year, though they did add Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round of the draft, which certainly helps uh, adding just another weapon to this pass game. But I also think that not only will the run game be improved with hopefully a full healthy season of Kenneth Walker, and the addition of Zach Charbonnet as a tandem to go along with it. But I also expect the defense to be better. And that's the biggest question for the Seahawks because the offense was great last year, but the defense was just frankly not good. And that's what held them back from being a truly uh, competitive team, not just a team that uh, you know snuck into the playoffs and surprised people. I do think the defense takes a step forward 
But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think, you know, I had them at nine and eight. Could they get to 10 and seven? Sure. Do I think it brings them up to the contender status of where I see Dallas, San Francisco, Philly? No. So I do think they're still a, a year or steps away from that. But I'll give them a playoff spot. So nine and eight for me as well in the Seahawks. Seven seed in the playoffs, Mitch. Rams, Cardinals. Both these teams were not good. It seems like you're about the same on these teams this year, not seeing much improvement out of Arizona and LA. Um, no, I, I think that LA is um along the same veins of uh what we talked about with Tampa Bay. They had like a two or three year window to get it done, and uh that window is now closed, and now they're stuck with no draft picks, a bunch of old guys, and a bunch of money to pay. Um, so I have them going seven and 10. I think they'll still be uh, semi-competitive, but um, not anywhere near uh, a playoff contender for me, for the Rams. Yeah. I, you know, I, they were five and 12 last year, obviously injuries played a huge role in that Matthew Stafford, not staying healthy, big part of that. But obviously that is a concern that carries over into 2023 when you're considering a guy in his mid to late thirties at the quarter or late thirties at, at the quarterback position. Uh, can he even stay healthy for a full season and be effective for a full season? We shall see. I, I, I maybe had them at their ceiling, I guess I had eight, nine, a game ahead of you, but I do think that this is still a competitive team because the top end talent is still there. Now the depth is absolutely not. I mean, and their defense, look at their depth chart and tell me you recognize more than half of the names. Like, I challenge you listening to this podcast, go pull up the depth chart, the starters for the Rams defense in 2023 and tell me you recognize half of those names. It, it's it's bad spot for LA, but I do think they improve on five and 12 with just being healthier this year. But obviously needing to reset, needing to retool on talent. Arizona though, Mitch, I think this is the worst team in the NFL. And I think that they are trying to be the worst team in the NFL. I think Arizona's goal this year is to be the worst team in the NFL. They are doing everything they can to be the worst team in the NFL. I have them finishing two and 15. I don't think Kyler Murray plays for more than six games before they just sit him on the bench to just protect him from injury. But in reality, tank and trade him in the offseason. This is a team going for Caleb Williams and the number one overall pick or Drake may whoever they want. But yeah, two and 15 for Arizona bottom, bottom seller team, worst team in the league. Let me, uh, let me test my Spanish here down since I've been working on it for so long. Los Cardinales son una mierda. Oh yeah. The Cardinals are shit. They They're are shit. Two and 15. I got them at yeah. two and 15 as well. Uh, this team is bad. This team is just so bad. They have to move on from Kyler at some point and um, just do a complete and total reset. There's no sense in hanging on to anything here. Um, yeah, worst team in football should wind up with the number one pick. Yeah, and just like for fans out there, they are telling us that this is their hope and intention. The fact that they cut Colt McCoy... And then brought in Josh Dobbs to potentially start week one between him or the rookie. Oh, it's Clayton clear. Toon. Yeah. Like 
they're showing us we don't want to win. If they wanted to win, they'd keep Colt McCoy, the guy who knows the offense, knows how to play, know, you know, been there. But no, they're telling us they don't want to win. So believe them when they tell us. So, uh, okay. So you had San Francisco as the lone playoff team out of the NFC West. I had San Francisco and Seattle uh, repeating as playoff teams from the NFC. And that wraps up the conference. Let's go over our playoff picks. For this conference. So, Mitch, tell us your seven playoff teams from the NFC in 2023. So, I have the Eagles at the one seed, the Vikings at the two seed, the Niners at the three seed, the Falcons at the four seed, the Giants at the five seed, the Lions at the six seed, and the Cowboys at the seven seed. Okay, and I had the Eagles at the one seed, the Niners at the two seed, the Falcons at the three seed, the Vikings at the four seed, the Cowboys as the five seed, Lions at six and the Seahawks rounding it out as the seven seed. So just like in the AFC, we are only one team different. In this case, you had the Giants in the playoffs. I had the Seattle Seahawks. So other than that, I'm actually surprised at how many predictions we were. uh, We were like spot on, you know, both had the Falcons, both high on the Falcons there. Thought that was interesting. Obviously, we're both thinking the Jets are going to make an improvement this year. We both didn't put the Chargers in the playoffs. We had a lot of similarities there. Was that surprising to you as well? I feel like more. I feel like more so than the last few years that um, there's kind of a general consensus mm. amongst a lot of teams. I think there's some teams you can be hot or cold on, but like I think more so than not, like there's kind of a clear direction of what the teams are going you know, what direction the teams are headed in going into this year. Um, so there's fewer question marks and more clear directions. So um, I am a little bit surprised that we weren't a little bit spicier or a little bit hotter on some teams. Um, but I feel like that we all objectively, I think that we both objectively pick um, correctly in, in our oh. in our opinions on this. So I do yeah. feel a hundred percent certain about all of these picks. I have no doubt in my mind that this. Oh is yeah, exactly... my, none of mine are wrong. None of mine. Are wrong, we but... got the script. Uh, they sent it to us. Yeah. We got the first draft. Uh, so just know that uh, that's what we're basing this off of. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um. So here we go, Mitch. We've we've predicted the records for all thirty-two NFL teams. We told you which seven teams from each conference will make the playoffs. Now is the time to give you our Super Bowl predictions. So to start this off, Mitch, I want you to give me the, we're going to start with the championship game of each conference, AFC championship game, NFC championship game. Let's start there. Give me the teams that are going to play and who is representing each conference in the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, Look, I think I'm going to go with a little bit of surprise pick in the AFC. We're starting the AFC, right? Sure. Okay. Starting the AFC. Buffalo Bills. Got to start with the Buffalo Bills. I think that's an easy lock to get to the AFC championship game. Um, Maybe not the easiest lock, but I, I think that this, this has to be it. This has to be it for the Buffalo Bills. I got them playing. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Um, and I have the Bills over the Jaguars to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Okay. Bills over Jags in the AFC championship game for Mitch. 
On my side, I have those pesky Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game as well, but I have them on the road to the host, the Cincinnati Bengals. And just as I was in our way too early predictions, I am remaining high on Cincinnati's hopes out of the AFC this year. And I have Bengals over Bills to get to the Super Bowl. So I have Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Mitch has Buffalo representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. What about the NFC? Oh boy, that's another tough one. Um, I I think the Jags are going to be my darling super, uh, my darling playoff pick, where like they make the good run. So I'm not going to do that in the NFC. I'll stick with some some pretty chalk picks here. I'm going to go Eagles. And I'm going to go San Francisco. So Eagles Niners in the NFC title game. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Philly in a slight edge over San Francisco in this. Okay, one. so a so, repeat of the NFC Championship game last year, and Philly gets it done again. Yes, yes, I like it. I like it. Okay, I have the Niners hosting the NFC Championship game and hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but unlike my way too early predictions, I am not picking Dallas to go to the Super Bowl. I am taking the San Francisco 49ers to earn the NFC bid and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. So I've got Bengals versus Niners in the Super Bowl. Mitch, you have Bills versus Eagles. And who do you have taken home the Lombardi Trophy Super Bowl? I believe 59 this year. Uh, who is world champs this season? First of all, the history brand in me would be remiss if I'd said, if I didn't say way to recreate a past Super Bowl of Bengals 49ers. And a I fantastic love, one at that too. It, that I, was a great I love one. that recreation. Look, I think that the Eagles have the most talented quarterback in the league right now in Jalen Hurts. Uh, as far as his ability to throw the football, a combination of that and his ability to use his legs. Um, this is a stacked, stacked team. Probably might want, probably might be my favorite defense in the entire league. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles defense. But no one circles the wagons quite like the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Buffalo Bills for the fourth year in a row. I will pick the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Mark it down now. This is the year. August 29th, 2023. Mitch finally called the Bills Super Bowl victory. Bills over Eagles in Super Bowl 59. Super Bowl 58. There you go. Bills over Eagles for Mitch. For me, uh, yes, the Super Bowl rematch between the Bengals and the Niners. I think at the end of the day, despite all of the talent on that Niners side, I think we would see a similar result to what we saw in their recent Super Bowl appearance against the Kansas City Chiefs, where there was just a stark difference at the quarterback position between those two teams. Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes were not the same thing in that game. And when it came down to it, one of those guys made plays when the other didn't and, and put his team on his back and won it. 
And I feel like in this scenario, we'd see a very similar result with Brock Purdy falling short in Joe Burrow, the Tiger King coming out on top. So I am riding with the Bengals this year. I was in with the way too early picks. I'm sticking with Cincinnati this year. I think it's a Joe Burrow MVP season. I think it's a Cincinnati season. Give me the Bengals to win the Super Bowl this year. I love it. Love it. Great pick. There you go. We both picked the AFC to win this year. Mitch Bills over Eagles. I've got Bengals over Niners. Uh, any thought? Any, any thoughts on this uh, as we wrap up? Any you know last minute things that you're thinking about? Any reaction to my picks or anything that uh, played out as you made your picks today? Uh, no, I mean. Look, I think everything that we said was sound. It was perfect. Of course, people will listen back on this and go, oh, yeah, Mitch and Dallin were right. And that's those are the perfect picks. And, you know, that that'll be the case at the end of the year. But uh, um, no, I of course, this is one of my favorite episodes to do all year. So I love doing the Megasode with you. This is awesome. Um, and, uh, I think we got some really solid picks that we're going to look forward to keeping track of and make sure you keep tuning in guys, because it's only a couple weeks out. We're going to start be, we're going to be getting back into our NFL quick picks. So you can start keeping track of what our predictions were and what we're picking throughout the year. Um, and keep, be, keep, you know, be keeping track of that. So this is going to be, this is going to be a fun, fun next, uh, what about six months or so? Yeah, we next week we will start our quick picks. Next week will be our first week preview for the NFL season as next Thursday. Uh, so not as you may be listening to this uh, Thursday, the 31st, but the 7th of September, we will see uh, the NFL back on the television. So next week you can expect our quick picks as well as the wrap up of our NFL season preview where we will give you our NFL awards picks. So we will predict MVP, offensive rookie, defensive rookie, etc. cetera. Uh, that's always uh, a good time. So, yeah, the season is right around the corner, Mitch. The college football season kicks off this weekend, kicks off tomorrow, really. There will be games Thursday through Monday this weekend. Uh, and I am a bachelor from basically Friday till next Thursday as my wife will be in Florida. So, Luckily, I've got plenty to entertain myself with college football every single day. So thank God that is back or else I'd be really bored. But uh, there you go. I look forward to that. And then obviously the NFL kicking up next week. So should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Football is here, baby. It is upon us. It is upon us. Well, Don, I think that's all we got for this week's episode. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um to this down why don't you go ahead and let them know where we can where they can catch us on the socials oh yes if you don't already again we are live we've been live tonight on youtube and x formerly twitter so if you've joined us live on this tuesday august 29th we do appreciate it but you can follow us on there and join us every week uh on X, formerly Twitter, at Sports Hour Guys. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Sports Hour Guys. The handles for Instagram and TikTok are at the Sports Hour Guys. You can catch the content there. And then the website, the Sports Hour Guys.wordpress.com. So many places to go. 
Yes, so many places to go and so many places to listen to this. Dallin already mentioned we're live on the YouTube. You can watch it here, but if you're listening to the podcast form of this, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Look up the Sports Hour, guys. You can find us there. Get on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating review. Tell us that we suck because, Dallin, that is the only way that we can get better. That is the only way that we can get better. And, uh, yeah, very much like to do so. These picks are going to be good, though. I'll tell you that. Until next time, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you next week. So long, everybody. And a very pleasant good evening to you, wherever you may be. See ya! See ya!